Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Um, but today, here on Mother's Day, uh, we're uh, in a series called Good Fight. And um, as we are looking at this, um, I felt like today was a good day for us to look at what it means to fight like a mom. And so, because I'm telling you, what you don't want to scrap with is an angry mom. They they go to the nail salon for a reason. Okay. We think it's to beautify. No, it's for them to be armed at all times. It is a fashionable weapon for them to have. There's a reason they call it claws out. And so, and because mama, mama bear will totally, totally have you for lunch. And so as we are, are looking at this, our, our lead off idea. So if you've got your bulletin, you've got your, your notes that you're going to uh, track along with us on, that uh, we've led off with this idea that no one has ever fought for you like Jesus. Nobody. Nobody, because the odds are you had somebody who has, somebody who's had your back in a tough situation, somebody who's been an advocate for you on some level, somebody who's fought for you or alongside you, Um, but odds are you were in a good relationship with that person on some level. You had at least a base level, solid relationship with them. But here's the beautiful thing. God demonstrated his love for us in that while we didn't care while we didn't care at all about God or what he cared about or what he thought Christ died for us, while we were doing our own thing, hurting ourselves, hurting others, and just being kind of chill with it, Christ died for us. He fought for us. He went to the cross for us. He defeated death, hell, and the grave for us. And no one has fought for you like Jesus But on earth, a close second is mom. Because I'm telling you, that mama bear thing, she will have your back. I'm telling you, sit there, and and even if you've just, you messed up, and you were sass-mouthing the wrong person, and they came at you, she may deal with you at home, but in the street, she's about to deal with that person. And it's about to go down. And so even if you are 100% in the wrong, I tell you what, there's, there's probably tons of principals who would rather have father conversations. So just send the dad in. We just want to talk to the dad. And so, because mama bear is going to hurt us. And so, but we get that. We see that reflection uh, that takes place in that thing where it's, even there that the kid may not be perfect, they might be doing everything right, mom's still got your back. And we've been looking at this idea on our end. We understand Christ fought the good fight. The good fight was won by Jesus. But Paul writes to Timothy, he writes to his number one disciple in, um, there in 1 Timothy. And he tells him this, 1 Timothy 6, 12. He says, fight the good fight fight of faith. And remember, we've said it every week, the good fight is the fight you win. So fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 
Remember, it's just to receive it, just to take hold of it, just to grasp onto the eternal life that was yours when you made your good confession. When you said, I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except by him, that Christ's death covers my death, that Christ's life gives me life, and you made that good confession, eternal life was yours. And he says, the good fight of faith is just holding onto that, not turning loose that Jesus won the battle, just walking in that. So in this fight of faith, we're not weaponless. In this fight of faith, our weapons, they help us to win the fight in our minds. If the battle has already been won, then the place where, and we're fighting the good fight of faith, well, what the, the enemy of faith comes in and it is, is doubt well, where is all of that transpiring? It's transpiring in our minds. Now, remember, we already looked at the truth that Jesus said uh, that he's come to give us peace. In this world, we will have trouble, but to take heart, he's overcome the world, that this place that trouble's gonna happen. So, guess what? We've already established that. Trouble's gonna happen. He had, will carry us through the trouble. We see that in Scripture over and over and over again. But when that trouble shows up, our minds can go berserk. Our minds can go off the rails. And that battle to fight the good fight of faith is taking place in our minds. And Paul writes to the Roman believers in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. What's one of the patterns of this world? When trouble comes, we get troubled. We get troubled, we get freaked out. Anxiety, fear, all that comes in. That's the pattern of this world. It is standard operating procedure in this world. And Paul's saying, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here's the problem. If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds, we won't be able to recognize his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We won't see it when it's right in front of us. He has fully provided it. It is right there. But if we don't allow our minds to be renewed, we literally won't see it when it is right there. Um, to say that the last month um, has been full of, of high-stress situations uh, for Cutie and I is to put it mildly. And so, and they've been good high stress. And so we've got a lot of wonderful things. Carson got married. Our baby boy got married last night. And so uh, I tell you what, um, you know, uh, a mama, you know, sitting there and having her baby boy, uh, you know, get married, it, it's, it's tough. And so weddings and, uh, and so, and then just the, the, the business that Cutie uh, owns and operates opened a new location and she had all that on her shoulders. And, and then we had Easter, which is wonderful. All these things were wonderful. So as a church, we had a fantastic Easter, but all these are just big things in the last month. And so um, getting the house ready to sell, moving into a different house, just all these wonderful high stress things. And so 
One morning, I, a couple of weeks ago, or about a week and a half ago, um, I knew that Cutie was just needed some extra rest. And usually we get the girls up and ready and we take them to school together. And so that morning, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a good husband. And I, told, I said, babe, I want you to just sleep. And I'm gonna get the girls to school and you just rest. And she just, all right. I mean, she just barely acknowledged. She was tired, and she just slept. So I got the, the girls to school. They were freaked out about who was going to do their hair. I'm like, you're stuck with the ponytail you get. Uh, apparently, my ponytails are lumpy. I don't even know what that means, but I make lumpy ponytails. And so they just had to deal with it. And so, and so we go to the, get them off to, to school. It's, it's, my whole heart was just for this to be a good day of, of rest, a good morning of rest. So we get off, I get the girls off to school, we make it, I, I get back. And so there's a, I've got a little bit of downtime before I have to go and do anything else. So I'm outside doing some stuff in the yard. And of course it's full daylight and I'm just outside doing all that. And then it's time for me to, to jet. And our room has room darkening blinds. And I mean like darkening, like you take a good nap at two o'clock in the afternoon, darkening. And so I come in from outside and I go in to our bedroom and it is dark in the bedroom as I come in from outside. And so I'm going to just go give Cutie a little kiss on the cheek, tell her I'm gone, I'm out of here and go. And so I walk into the bedroom and just walk into to the, her side of the bed and I get halfway through the room and I just smack right into something. But it was not something. It was someone. It was my wife. And she's just standing there in the middle of the room. But I'm walking through a black room, so I don't see it. And so I just smash like linebacker her right into her. I walk too fast everywhere, and I just smash. And I hit her, and my brain's all messed up. And I just grab her, and I realize what's going on, and she's about to fall over. I notice that the bottom of my shoe just jammed into her toes. And she's sitting there, and, you know, later on, she's like, she was just trying to not cry. She said she was just trying to not cry. And then I just feel so terrible. I'm like, man, I've been awesome up until now. <laughs> like, I have, like, it just erased all of the thoughtfulness, all of that. I just er erased it. And I just smashed right into her. And she's like, what are you doing? That she had just smashed into her. Well, she had been in a dark room. Her eyes were adjusted. As I come in from in the, in the light behind me, she fully sees me. She sees details in the room. She watches me come towards her. And sadly, it is not weird for me to be a little goofy and just come right up to her and stop right at the last second and give her a hug. So that I was coming in full board, just didn't even sense, had her sensors off like, Okay, like, I'm about to get smacked. No, I was coming in hot. I normally come in hot. Not a big deal. I just kept going through her and just hit her. And so when I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I feel terrible. And she's like, what are you, how did you not see me? And I'm like, why are you not in bed? And we're just, are, we are sitting there in the same exact spot, run into one another, and our, 
experiences and perspectives could not have been more different. They couldn't have been more different. Her eyes were fully adjusted and saw everything. My eyes were not adjusted to the light at all, and I literally saw nothing. I saw nothing. She was right in front of me the whole time. The whole person that I was caring about, wanted to have a good morning, wanted everything to go right, I was not adjusted. There are things where we need a renewing. We need to be able to be washed over, to be able to see on a spiritual level. God has blessings, has the things that we care about most in our life right in front of us. And if we do not allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds, we will go about with great intentions making wrecks of things all over the place. Great intentions. Didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. But because our minds aren't renewed, we're not able to navigate things properly. We're not able to do it right. We have to have our minds renewed. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. There's a battle going on. But we don't do it that way. Our minds have to be renewed so we can do it another way. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, that sounds like a battering ram. Yeah, that sounds like something massive, like a, like a tank, like we're a Humvee with a big old brush guard. We're just going to smash through stuff. We're tearing down strongholds. Where are these strongholds? We demolish arguments. We demolish arguments. These things that come in and we have the truth of what God has done and what he has accomplished and We have these arguments that come in and try to attack the truth, try to piggyback on the trouble that comes, and all of a sudden try to tear at the truth of God's love and that he cares for us. We demolish arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against what? The knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Our thoughts matter. And we can have thoughts that aren't obedient thoughts, that don't align with what God has for us, aren't aligned with what Christ has done. And a lot of that comes because our minds are not renewed. There is data in the spiritual realm. We are just not calculating. We are just not taking in. Our minds, our vision has not been renewed and we're not able to be able to make good, purposeful, life-giving decisions. We need our minds renewed. Our battle is not against the stuff we bump into every day. Our battle is on a whole other level and we need to make sure in this place in fighting the good fight to take hold of what God has already given us then we understand the thing that's going to make us turn loose of it are these things that are attacking our minds. See, we need to keep a heavenly view of the happenings of life. Remember Jesus said, in this world we will have trouble? That's, that's life. It happens. But we have to keep a heavenly view of those things. Ephesians six ten says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
For our struggle, as we looked at last week, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That is where it's at. That is where the struggle is at. But we need to have the full armor armor of God. We have to dress for the fight. We have to dress for the fight. You see, moms know if you want to be fierce, you got to dress fierce. Moms know how to dress for the right thing. They know how to have the outfit for watering the plants in the backyard. And that ain't the same outfit for watering the plants in the front yard. It is not. It ain't the same hairdo. It ain't the same anything. You're just out there shuffling in the backyard. In the front yard, you have to be a little more put together. The old ratty PJ pants can work in the backyard. They got to put the Lululemons on to water plants in the front yard. <laughs> and then you got your I got to run to Walmart wardrobe. And then you got your I got to run to Target wardrobe. And then you got everything else in life, wardrobe. The dress appropriately, understand that. Understand that. I don't ever ask my friends, hey, what are you wearing to this thing? Cutie wants to know we're going to an event. Well, what's everybody wearing? Is it this level of dress? I'm like, like well, we're going to put on clothes. <laughs> let's be modest. Let's, let's just do that. I think if we show up modest... I think we'll be fine. And so uh, that's just going to be the rule for the day. But moms, no. Uh, in fact, it's uh, um, the, uh, I think, uh, old Clary uh, from Still Magnolias got it right when she said uh, the thing that separates humans from the animals is their ability to accessorize. <laughs> and so, and uh, moms know that. They know that you got to have the right accessories when you're going to battle. So let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to withstand your ground. Notice the ground is already yours. Your battle is not to take ground for yourself. Your ground was given to you. The enemy is trying to bluff you off ground you already own. The victory is yours. It's already yours. It's trying to bluff you off what you already own. Stand your ground. Christ died for it. He gave it to you. It is your inheritance in Christ. And don't let the enemy, these thoughts that come against you, push you off of what's already belongs to you. You may stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in its place. So here we are. The very first thing we start with is this makes no sense in a normal thing, but the first thing we start with is the belt of truth. Sounds weird to put your belt on first. But the thing is, is that we need to make sure we have the truth. Everything is held up and held together by the truth. That is why we look to the word over and over again. We are not fully dressed without 
the truth. We have to stand on the truth. The truth is essential, and we have to put on the belt of truth. And then the breastplate of righteousness. As we go through this, we're going we're gonna to quickly see that the thing that takes care of our vitals, breastplate of righteousness and the helmet, there are things that we get day one as believers. We, they are ours immediately. And, it's, and it is what God, it is righteousness that's been imputed to us and salvation, which we'll see in a minute. But it is fully ours. But we need to remember and put it on. Why? Because there are things that we'll do, there are things we'll think, there are things that'll happen, and it will make us feel like we're not righteous. And then we're unwilling to wear righteousness, to own righteousness. But you have to choose to own the righteousness you've been given. You've been given it in Christ. You can't earn it. You can't earn to do right to keep it. He's been, he, you've got it only through Jesus and you have to every day be able to do that and put on the righteousness. The reason the enemy wants to come at you and to get that off of you, make you feel unrighteous. Oh, I'm just an unworthy scum. And somehow God puts his attention on. No, as soon as you step over in Christ, you're part of the body of Christ. Is part of Christ scum? No, no, you're part of the body of Christ. You have been made right and you have to own it. Like, well, I don't feel right. Well, guess what? That's a feeling. That's a thought. That's the thing our weapons help us to fight against. We have to be able to own the righteousness we've been given and that protects our heart. If we're gonna take heart, we have to understand that that lives and thrives inside the righteousness of God. Our heart is kept. We take heart by understanding that breastplate of righteousness has been given to us and we are fully his and he is fully ours and, and it is a done deal. We have to own that and live in that. Ephesians 6.15 goes on to say, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. What mom doesn't love a good pair of shoes? I'm telling you, mom go shopping, I guarantee she's going to buy a pair of shoes. She's going to buy a pair of shoes. She's going to buy a bag. She's going to buy a bag. Cost as much as your first used car. That's what she's going to do. That she, moms love a good pair of shoes. And, and it is absolutely vital. We see that it's the shoes of the good news of peace. So what do the shoes of the good news of peace help us to do? It helps us to walk on the bad news of anxiety, help us to walk on the bad news of stress, helps us to walk on the bad news of trouble. So when that trouble shows up and we're shod with the good news, the gospel of the good news is God's with me, he's for me, I can get through this. We have to be dressed for that. We have to do that. If we don't remember, the good news is, guess what? The battle's already won. Then when the new trouble shows up, we'll freak out all over again. We need to make sure we're fully dressed for it. Also, the God, the shoes of peace walk in the direction of peace. Walk in the direction of peace. I know dads don't do this a whole lot, but moms will go, I've just had enough. They're like, you kids are too much. And they just, there's chaos, and they're like, I'm walking to peace. I'm, I'm starting the bath. 
right now, and you will leave me alone. And Mama knows how to walk towards peace, now to understand this is what is necessary. We need to walk towards peace. When there's chaos in your life, the good news that God has a good outcome helps you walk towards peace in life. And then Ephesians 6, 16 says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Our faith, fighting the good fight of faith. Guess what? When we stand in faith, that's why we're to fight the good fight of faith, that guess what? Those fiery darts, they don't even make it to the shield of faith. They don't even challenge I mean, the, the breastplate of righteousness. They don't even make it to the breastplate of righteousness. They don't challenge our righteousness. Our faith says, nope, my righteousness is good. It protects the whole time. It is covered the whole time. You'll notice that as we go through this, there is nothing on the backside. There's nothing protecting our backside. Why? Because you were never called to retreat. You were never called to run from the enemy. You were never called to flee from the troubles of life. We're called to walk on top of that mess. We're called to take ground that is already ours. Ephesians 6, 17, and then take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation, remembering that we have been saved. We are fully his that protects our thoughts. God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When are the times that you kind of wonder if God still loves you? It's times when you feel like you haven't met some sort of arbitrary mark. When you feel like you haven't done exactly what you know you ought to do as a Christian, as a mom, as a husband, as a person, as an employer, as, a, as an employee, as anything. And we begin to then question those things and begin to, to doubt in those spaces. They begin to come in in that place. When we remember that salvation came while we were in that space. If salvation came to us while we were yet sinners, guess what? When we have our slip-ups, does that mean all of a sudden we lost it? No, no, no. So we wear that and we do that and it protects our minds, remembering we are fully right with God. That's why we talk about this all the time. We talk about the truth that we are made right with God based on what Jesus did and Jesus did alone because we need that because that's what protects our minds against all of these crazy thoughts that the enemy tries to come in and attack us with. But then our one weapon of offense, our one weapon of offense is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If you'll remember, Jesus showed us how to use this. If you remember back to Luke chapter four and, and there's the, Jesus is there in the, in the desert being tempted by the enemy. And the enemy tries to tempt him and throw all these thoughts at him. And Jesus, every time it is written, it is written, it is written. He's showing us what it looks like to fight with the sword of the, of the truth, with the word of God. 
if we are not actively using the word of God in our own lives, in our own lives, then we are not actually fighting. As a believer, if you're not using the word, go into it, referencing it, making your decisions based off of it, then you are, you are the same thing as a non-combatant in the battle for your own life. You're, you're a non-combatant. Your weapon is down. The battle is around you all over the place. And you're a non-combatant. And you're not using the scriptures. That's why we look at them. That's why I give them to you. That's why they're on a piece of paper that something resonates with you. And you're like, ooh, I forgot to write that one down. It's there on a piece of paper. Just take it. The notes are up online. They stay up there for all week. Take a screenshot. It's yours. Use it. If you're not using the scriptures, you're not using the weapons that God has given us. As we look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our heart. The word of God helps us to come back in and for us to personally be able to win the battle in our own minds. The word of God is needed in our lives. That's why we reference it. That's why we look at it. That's why we talk about it. It is absolutely vital. It is absolutely essential. So when we understand this truth, that if we are going to fight like a mom, then our bottom line is this, that mom knows that God's armor is to arm her. God's armor is to arm her. And we need to understand that. We need to walk in that. God has already given us everything we need for life and godliness. But like Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. We've not been left weaponless. We've not been left defenseless. We've got, but we have to understand the dynamics of what's happening in God's armor is to arm you so that we can stand the ground and keep the ground that God has freely given us in him. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.